Here's to you, pageant girl. You're a game changer. You're the underdog. You are the trendsetter. You're the one who speaks up for what you believe in. You build others up when so many others have beat them down. You don't back down in the face of adversity. And you have no respect for the haters. Some people love you. Others hate you. There are those who build you up and those who tear you down. Because the one thing they'll never do is define who you are. Because as a group, you are united as one. You hold each other up with strength. And while some may just see you as beauty queens, we see you as leaders. When the lights go out and the crown comes off, you'll always be proud to say, I am a pageant girl. It's Miss New York 2009, Elise Zwick, and you're listening to Life After the Crown with Tim Pialdo. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Life After the Crown podcast, where each episode I bring you interviews with former pageant contestants, title holders, and women of influence who are now succeeding across many different industries in the real world. My name is Tim Tialdo, TV and pageant host, entrepreneur, author, and somebody who just wants to help you become better. Now, if you're wondering what life looks like after pageants, the advice, the stories, and the interviews that you hear on this podcast will not only inspire you, but help make your transition from pageants to professional life a bit easier to handle. So if this is your first time listening, thanks for tuning in. We're glad you're with us. Let's get started. My guest today is an actress and on-air news anchor, reporter, and host in New York City. She won the title of Miss New York 2009 as Miss Westchester County for the Miss America organization. And at the 2010 Miss America pageant, she was the preliminary winner of the Lifestyle and Fitness Award, also known as the Swimsuit Competition. She can be seen daily on-air reporting news and traffic for NY1 News on Spectrum in New York City, as well as the annual Veterans Day Parade on PIX11 News. In 2015, she became the game day host for the NHL's New York Islanders at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. How cool is that? And you can catch her at every home game. She is also a former dancer for the NFL's New York Jets flight crew cheerleaders. And she is well known for her advocacy work in the war veterans community inspired by her grandfather, a decorated World War II veteran. Elise Zwick, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, no, me too. You've got a decorated resume, and there are a lot of great highlights <laughs> that I certainly want to get into there. But I'd love to talk about your pageant journey first. And it yeah. sounds like you know, it sounds like your love for an audience all started at one year old, uh, as I, I read that you apparently <laughs> booked your first national commercial for Downey Detergent at one. How did that happen? So that's correct. My mom was actually an actress. Um, we did a lot of print and commercials together, and. Uh, I started auditioning. She went in for the role of the mother and she didn't have anyone to babysit me. So <laughs> she took me along and they booked me. <laughs> so did you have to do anything at one or were you just kind of like, I just sit there and do my thing? I was just sitting there, you know, with the, and then they like CG'd in the little bear or whatever, you know, the downy bear. And um, that was it. So when did pageants become part of your life? I mean, at what age did you discover pageantry, I guess, and just the thoughts of maybe I want to get on a stage one day? My mom was Miss Rockland, uh, in 1969, she was also first runner-up to Miss New York. So my grandfather adored pageants. My mom adored pageants. My family loved pageants. 
And my, I'm actually from the shore. So my grandfather always loved Atlantic City and the Miss America pageant. So he, um, I guess it's always just been a part of our family. But I didn't get into pageants till I was 18. I did a, a beauty competition in Atlanta. And it was more just wear a gown, walk on the stage. And that was it. And then when I moved to New York, um, or came back to New York, rather, I decided to start competing. And I was first runner up to Miss New York. Lee Taylor Smith had won that year. And then the next year I won. Well, Miss New York, certainly not an easy title to win. And uh, of course, you followed in the footsteps of your good friend, Candace Pelletier, who I believe was uh, a 2006 winner. Yeah, we had her on uh, last year. So can you talk about, you know, where that journey really started for the Miss New York title at 18? I mean, was there one thing that kind of inspired you to to want to go do it? I love ballet. Like Ballet was my dream, my lifelong goal. I wanted to be in a ballet company. And, you know, I started dancing a little later than most ballerinas. So it was always something for me that I, you know, wanted to do. And then I thought, you know, this is a great stage. I'm going to school. I would love the scholarship and I love to dance. So let me work towards that, you know? And like I said, my family loved pageants and I knew it was a great scholarship program. And I knew that I had the chance to perform. Plus my grandfather was a World War II veteran. So I was very big in volunteering with him in the war veterans community. And uh, I was like, you know what? I remember sitting down, reading an article about him and uh, his service, and my aunt and I were like, this is the platform that I'm going to choose and that I'm going to go in that direction. And then it kind of just all evolved from there. (laughs) Was it that you loved, you know, maybe the competition part of it, or was it that you just really wanted to kind of follow in your family's footsteps and keep that legacy going? You know, to be honest, I really loved just performing. Um, I was in a performing arts high school. I got an acting scholarship to Wright State University and I went there for a year and that was in Ohio. And I didn't want to stay in Ohio. I wanted to come back to New York and and start working and auditioning and, you know, continuing that life. So I think for me, the first thing was, oh, this is so exciting. I can perform on a stage, (laughs) you know? So (laughs) I, and like I said, in Atlanta, I was used to performing and doing competitions and I thought, you know what? Let me dance and this will be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I mean, dancing must have really paid off because, you know, you win Miss New York. Obviously, you go to Miss America. <laughs> um, you right. know, you, you obviously stay in great shape through through ballet, I would guess. You go and win right, the, right. the swimsuit competition, which they, you know, had renamed the Lifestyle and Fitness Award. Were you excited about that part of it more than any other? You know, because there's obviously different parts of the competition. Uh, did, was the swimsuit the one that really excited you? Um, I think eventually. I think I was just excited to be a part of the whole organization when I started. Um, my family certainly was. My grandfather was, like, ecstatic about me being involved. And my mom, <laughs> you know, knew. <laughs> my mom knew how to, um, you know, go through each phase of competition. So she was very good at not coaching me, if you will, but just, like, guiding me through everything. And, and she was a ballet dancer herself. So actually my first year, I did the same dance that she did. um, And it was on point as well. And I did the same choreography and everything. But I loved all aspects of the competition. I have to say, I really enjoyed being on stage. I loved opening numbers. I just loved being able to perform. And then once I learned that I could use that spotlight of myself to help other people, I was like, now this is cool. You know, performing and doing well for other people. Let's put that together. This is exciting. So it just became, I think it grew over time. And I I do love the swimsuit competition. I I definitely enjoyed that because it shows a lot about a contestant. I think it shows how 
dedicated you are. I worked with um, Abby Rabine for a while, and she really put it into perspective for me as far as um, she was a great coach and a great mentor. And she put it into perspective of if a contestant can control her habits as far as working out, you know, her diet, it really says she can control a lot about her behavior. And it says a lot about a contestant. So I thought it was a very important part of the competition. But I also just love the fact of you got to be healthy and you have to do it right. And you know what, you're entering a pageant and there's a swimsuit in it. If you don't want to do it, then don't enter. Well, and you know, that's what I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, is that that healthy part that you speak of is, you know, going in and, you know, being able to stand in front uh, in a swimsuit in front of millions of people, you know, it takes a lot of confidence to do. And also it forces you to stay in great shape. So as someone who did win the swimsuit competition or lifestyle and fitness or whatever we want to call it, um, to see them Mm -hmm. now take that away. What are your thoughts on the decision? I was sad to see that. I mean, I, like I said, I love the fitness world. Um, So, and and of of course, like my background being in ballet, it was always a part of my life when I'm not working out, when I'm not in, in, you know, focusing on, you know, being very healthy, it actually makes me feel uncomfortable. I almost to the fact, the uh, fact of where of like, I need to get back to a class. I need to go in. So it's just part of my lifestyle. And I understand everybody's lifestyle is a little different when it comes to that, but it's just very important to be healthy and, and work out. You know, I don't care. You don't need to be ripped and skinny. You just need to be healthy. And I think the great thing about the pageant or the swimsuit competition within the pageant was it showed that it also showed, you know what, I don't care what you think about me, even if you're not like in the, in the best shape of your life, you can still rock that swimsuit and rock it on stage. And I think that's so exciting because it shows a lot about a contestant about being so confident and that they're okay with whatever's going to be thrown at them because a lot is going to be thrown at you during your year <laughs> and beyond that, you know, and if you can handle those bullets, you can just stand up in a swimsuit and take them, you know? So, I mean, I think it says a lot more than just, oh, this girl's walking on stage in a swimsuit. So it sounds like ballet has really been a a big central theme in your life. Is that something that you still do today? You know, I actually live just a few blocks from Broadway Dance Center, and I wish I was in classes more often. I haven't taken a class in a while. I do like to go to bar classes, um, you know, like uh, fitness bar classes throughout the city. And they have like a ballet style within their fitness routine. So I enjoyed that. But I do miss my point shoes and, you know, Every month, I'm like, I need to throw them on and go to class. Do I? No, but I should. <laughs> <laughs> so after pageants are done, uh, you become a professional cheerleader and dancer for the New York Jets. Now, um, this yes. is a this, that's a that's a popular job for people in the pageant world. You know, you get a lot of girls who go to the national pageants who you see are, are a professional cheerleader for either an NFL team or maybe an NBA dancer or even an NHL team. Um, what advice would you have for girls who want to get into professional dancing or cheerleading? Yeah, I mean, it was an amazing time for me. I would say if that's something you want, it's just it's like a pageant. You go full force. You focus on it. Um, it does take up your life. You know, you're dedicated to the season. You really can't do anything else. And that's OK because it's a part of your life at a certain time. And I'm so grateful that I did that. I mean, I have some of my best friends from the team. We went blood, sweat, and tears together, you know, through rehearsals, through game days. And those are probably the most exciting times that I had with them as as being on the team. And I just, I loved the discipline. I loved football. I mean, I I grew up watching football around sports. And uh, actually, my first time that I ever wanted to be a part of a team, I was in middle school and I went to the Atlanta Hawks game. And I was like, oh, I want to do what those girls do. So I actually auditioned for the Knicks when I was here. I got pretty close to the team. Um, the night before they announced the team, I was cut. So like NBA, 
dance teams, um, you know, NFL teams. Like I've always been around sports. I love it. And then if I could couple my love for sports with dancing, it was amazing. Then I got to the point where the workouts were so tough. The choreography was just like wearing me down. I'm like, you know what? I can't do this for the rest of my life. So (laughs) how am I going to segue all of that into, you know, the next step in my path? But I am so grateful because it was a blast and, and it was a dream, you know, it was a bucket list dream. And I have to say, I've been, when I look back now, I'm very grateful to have been Miss New York, to have been on the New York Jets, a part of the team. And, you know, those are all things that I wanted and I, I did them. And, and it was, it was pretty incredible to be a part of that. Now you mentioned you were from the Jersey shore, but you grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. How did you end up uh, going right. from Atlanta to New York? My dad was relocated where he was born down the shore. My mom was from the shore as well. Actually, she was born in Slovakia, but they lived in uh, in the city and then moved down to the Jersey shore. But I was, so I was born there. Dad was relocated to Atlanta uh, for work and grew up there. And then I came back because I wanted to audition. I wanted to perform. Originally, I was focused on musical theater and acting and theater. And then honestly, when I won the pageant, it changed my entire career path to news because it will actually more so hosting. And I was like, oh, it's a lot of fun to be myself. Let me continue this journey. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I started that and I really enjoyed that. And then then it was really great to tell other people's stories and, you know, be in the newsroom. It's exhilarating. It's very exciting. And I, I love that world. And I've been very grateful. You know, I don't have a, a journalism background, but I've definitely have a different journey and I've learned a lot from my colleagues and I'm and my boss and the newsroom and I'm very grateful for my station for that and everyone that I've kind of met along the way. And I do have to say that Miss New York and Miss America really changed that career path for me and it's very cool. Well let's talk about how you got into it because obviously T V right now is it's 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 your daily life. I mean it's what you do, it's who you are. How did you get into right. TV, you know, when, you know, ballet and, and cheerleading and dancing and, and all those other things were a big part of your life? At what point did you kind of take a, a veer to the left and say, let's let's go the TV route? Yeah. So I was always auditioning um, for commercials and commercial print and even TV shows um, and, and films and that sort here in the city while I was on the team, when I was on the Jets and, and even during pageants. Of course, I had to take time off because I really wanted to focus and do well in both of those arenas, you know, in the pageant world and then with the Jets. But I was always involved. And then once I started, once I finished with the pageant, finished with the Jets, I was like, you know, I started going in the hosting world and started booking gigs, if you will, from like day shoots or, you know, they'd hire me to do sports coverage for this one team or a random event. And then I started, that started going into traffic and into news. And it just, it's just kind of the road that it took. And I was very lucky when a full-time position opened because, you know, it's just as hard as, uh, you know, the acting world. And I got the job at New York One. I started at News 12 New Jersey, actually, um, doing traffic and stories there. And then um, was doing online news, Buzz 60. So I was producing three pieces a day for internet coverage. And we were doing entertainment stories and that type of thing. And then it just went into full-time at New York One. And it's been incredible since then and then. You know, also I was or still am with the New York Islanders and that is just a blast. It's it's fun because it's a hosting role and it's game day entertainment still. So I definitely have experience in that life and that world. But it also brings everything kind of full circle being like a live experience every day or every game day. 
Well, sure. I, w- I want to get back to the news, but I do want to talk about what you're talking about, which is your New York Islanders job. The funny thing is you and I have yeah. a very, very similar path in television. Um, I was a news anchor for a while and then worked for the Cardinals as mm. the in-game host, and you're doing the Islanders. And it is. Oh. It's it's such a fun job. And, you know, there's nothing like having 15,000 people, you know, live in front of you with the, with the mic and you get to play the games. Talk about your experience. And, and you got a cool venue to do it in, by the way, the Barclays Center. How awesome is that? So talk about that job. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, I first of all, I love our fans. They have become family to me. I know about homecomings. I know about marriages. I know about, you know, <laughs> everything going on with our, our season ticket holders. And that's so exciting. And I really do love that. And then, you know, just game day in general, I love seeing everybody. It's so funny because I, you know, let's see, I've had three games this week already, but every time I see the fans, it's like, hey, how are you? Hugs all around if we haven't seen each other in weeks. So we really have become, become very close to all of them. I'm very grateful for our fan base. Barclays is so much fun. I love it there. And now we also have the opportunity to be at the Coliseum where, you know, the Islanders first home and all the history is there. And that's been just amazing. I mean, the energy in that place is incredible. So this is my fourth season with the team, and uh, I have to say I definitely just live for the team now. I mean, it's a part of me, and I'm a diehard Islanders fan. <laughs> yeah, and really you become part of the team. I mean, you're not just the kind of the, the jumbotron girl. I mean, you now become literally part of the organization because everybody knows you just as well as they know the players' faces, yes? Definitely, definitely, and I, I am grateful for that. And like I said, there's there's so much fun. The fans are fun. The games are fun. Um, and now it's it's exciting, too, because a lot of the fans are like, oh, I watch you on York One, and then they get a chance to see me at the game. So it's really nice to blend the two together. So I got to ask you a couple of things since I know that job very well. Number one, how many proposals have you had to do in front of a live audience? Uh, You know, I've (laughs) actually only done, I've done three, but that also includes the Veterans Day Parade. Okay. So I've done two of the games and then I did one in the middle of the parade route. I think that was two or three years ago. Yeah. And I'm hopeful everybody said yes. They always do. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> I had the good, I had the same experience. Thankfully, nobody said no, which I'm sure would have made national yes. news if they didn't. And then number exactly. two, what is your favorite game to play with the fans? So we just started playing this um, TV Tunes trivia where we give away a TV and you have to, you have to guess the um, TV theme song. And I think I love it because our first song was the Golden Girls theme. And I'm like, that's my favorite show forever. So I was like, well, this is my new favorite game. (laughs) Yeah, those are fun games to play and certainly always get a great reaction from the audience. So that's that's cool that you get to do that. So let's talk about your news career. You mentioned you were uh, New Jersey News 12 and then went to NY1. Now, look, I mean, you know, for anybody that's in television that's listening, I mean, they know that a lot of times the journey up the markets can be rather difficult and challenging and time consuming. Here you are, number one market in the country, pretty much early in your career. That's a that's a huge step. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, it is, it's such a great step. It was also one of the biggest challenges because I wasn't willing to leave New York. Uh, it made it difficult being green, you know, in the beginning and not having a journalism background. It made it hard finding a job here. And, however... Then I got lucky going to News 12 New Jersey because it was a local station. It's still close to the number one market. It, it's just kind of funny how everything worked out, you know. Um, but I will say it was a lot of upset about not getting jobs. What, Which one am I going to get next? How am I going to make this work? And then you just got to keep fighting through it and just get that thick skin because it's hard. I mean, dealing with the rejection all the time and even within the number one market, you know, looking for other stations and things like that, you're like hearing you know, constant rejection and 
I think the good thing about pageants is it actually helped me deal with that. And I, I learned so much then that I'm glad that I learned it then in pageant land, as I call it, instead <laughs> of, you know, in uh, in the newsroom world. So did you take on an agent to get a job like that? Or, or was it something you were able to land on your own? I actually was with um, Buckwald for a while for commercials and commercial print, and they have a great broadcasting department. So I was with them to start. And then I went over to Seth Meyeri, who's amazing. And um, he's a friend, a man, like a manager, really. And uh, I talked to him every day about life and goals and career and personal life. And so we become just really good friends, too. And I'm grateful for that, you know, to have people supporting me. Um, but yeah, it, a lot of it is, you know, looking to what I can do myself, too. And he and I collaborating and, you know, his contacts. And it's a it's a grind. You know, it really is. It's not just like you're waiting for those phone calls, because if you're waiting for that, it's not going to happen. Like you need to get out there and hustle and do it yourself and also have someone working on your behalf and working in a collaborative effort. Well, do me a favor. Take everybody behind the scenes, if you will, when you were applying for yeah. the, the NY1 job. So you obviously go through an audition and then you also go through the interview process with a news director or general manager or what. Not. Can you kind of t- take us through what that process was like for you? Yeah. So, you know, I actually did an audition for New York One, which was interesting. I thought I would. The first day I went in, I was expecting to be on camera, but I was already at News 12, New Jersey. And Don Smith, who is a great friend of mine and a colleague and like a traffic god, I call him. He knows everything <laughs> about traffic. Uh, <laughs> He works over there uh, at News 12, New Jersey, but he also used to work at New York One and he was a fill-in traffic reporter. So because he trained me and because I came from uh, New York, uh, News 12, New Jersey, rather, my boss really, I think, trusted in him because he did such a wonderful job. And, you know, of course, she saw my tape and we had a great interview and it just kind of clicked. And she was like, when can you start? So I got very lucky in that sense. You know, I was the fill-in first there um, for two years and then I got the full-time job. I want you to take me through uh, that process and, and kind of apply it to what you learned in pageants because a lot of girls will ask, you know, is what I'm learning by doing pageants going to help me in the professional world? Did you apply any of what you had learned to kind of that process of getting to where you're at right now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think one, dealing with the rejection part of everything, but then two, interview skills and being in front of cam- the cameras and being in front of people. There are so many skills that you learn in pageants that cross over into the real world. <laughs> and I think that I am grateful for all of that. Like I said, I learned it then to apply it now instead of making mistakes in a newsroom, which, you know, everybody still makes mistakes, but making mistakes in a newsroom versus making them in pageant land and knowing how to be better and knowing how to be your best self. And I'm glad that I had that experience in pageant. And I got through it then because when it really matters is, you know, when it applies to your real life. You have a lot going on. You're on television, but you're also doing the hosting with the (laughs) Islanders. So walk us through a day in the life of Elise Zwick. Exhausting, but so thankful. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see. So this morning I'm taking care of the puppy. He's currently chewing a uh, bone in my lap. Uh, It was an early morning, a workout. Then getting ready for game day. I actually packed last night. I'm heading out to the Coliseum shortly. Got a game tonight, so I'll be there till about 9.30. I car back to the city till about, and and then I'll get here like 10.30. Then tomorrow morning, I have to be in the newsroom at 11. We're live at noon, and then I'm on air every half hour. So every day is really different for me. I have a set schedule at New York One, but I also have a game day schedule. So they've been incredible at giving me my days off for my games. I do make them up, so I never miss a shift, or uh, I always kind of 
just pick up extra shifts to make sure that they don't go into my vacation time and that kind of thing. And, and it is pretty incredible that a newsroom will do that. You know, it's a fun job and it does have a time limit and a lifespan. But right now I'm just living in both of them and just grinding away. And uh, like I said, it takes a lot to get where I am as far as both jobs go in the broadcasting world, like you said, and uh, I'm grateful and I'm just going to grind until I can't. <laughs> well, I was going to say you're blessed because I think most newsrooms, you yeah. know, if you were doing that, that in-game hosting job, unless it benefited them in some way, they would say, look, you're going to have to choose one or the other because we're not going to work around your schedule. It's awesome that you have a, a company that's willing to let you do that. Completely. And and I'm so grateful because I'm not ready to give up Islanders yet. I do love it so much. <laughs> like I said, the fans are amazing. So I'm so glad my boss is incredible. And I have to say, my newsroom is really great. We're really a family. Um, we support one another. I have friends that went to USC journalism school that went to Hofstra that they have completely taught me so much. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, I think in the pageants, you know, a lot of people are willing to help you as well. But at the end of the day, it is competition. And even in the newsroom, it's competition. However, we are a family and we all get our own stories and we all work together. And uh, it's really a nice environment. And I don't really know how many newsrooms you could say that about. I mean, I, you know, I've only been in a few, but um, I'm just grateful that that's how it is at New so, York One. So where would you like to take all this? I mean, you're doing a lot of different things. What, what's, what's your vision for your career? Yeah, so I eventually would love, you know, five days a week with two days off. That sounds amazing. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> two days off in a row, let me say that. Um, no, I'm kidding. I really would love to be a part of a morning show, you know, that, that moves, that's, uh, you know, a lot of fun, a lot of personality, and um, just be able to report stories and, and tell the traffic and, and um, you know, help New Yorkers get around this city or wherever that journey may take me, whatever market it may take me to. But um, I am really happy where I am. And the, you know, the number one market in New York, it's, it's just so hard for me to leave New York because I love it so much. Yeah, I was going to say, so basically you want to do a morning show, but you do not want to leave where you're at. Yes, exactly. Well, acting uh, is in your background as well as TV. Some of your acting credits, I should say, include roles in Sony Pictures, The Untitled Pickle Comedy, uh, Felony <laughs> Friday, The View. Uh, you've done some various national commercials and print campaigns, um, and your yep. films have been seen at the Palm Beach International Film Festival and the Beverly Hills Film Festival. So when did you mm -hmm. start your acting career outside of television? So actually that started, I was, you know, my first national commercial, I was one. So like we talked about, I did the Downey commercial. My focus when I first moved to New York was commercials, commercial print and dancing. So I, and, and, uh, auditioning for shows. So I was all always out and about auditioning for stuff and then booking things. I mean, I had some great national campaigns, um, commercial print wise, but once I got into news, I wasn't able to really focus on that anymore um, because it is a conflict uh, with certain brands. You can't endorse a product because if, if there's some type of issue or a story about it, you know, you can't report on it if you've been involved. So there's a fine line there. Um, so I've kind of taken a step back in that regard. I do love it and I do miss it for sure. But it's really nice having a full-time TV job versus, you know, gig to gig. It's just a different career. My films, 
my grandfather, actually, he had a, we did, my family did a short film on his life. And that was in the Beverly Hills Film Festival. And that was very exciting. My cousin's the director, he directed it. Um, my other cousin uh, wrote it and I was in it with my aunt and it told the story of his life and his escape from communist Slovakia as a soldier. So that was pretty cool for us as a family. And it was a good time. And now I, it's funny because I'm starting to go in for stuff as a reporter or as a news anchor. <laughs> and it's like all those years, about 13 years in the city auditioning for different roles. And now I'm getting hired news anchor, news reporter. And it's just kind of funny how it all comes full circle. Yeah, that's cool. Well, so you're a member of SAG and AFTRA, both unions. So you can yep. do bo- both. Since 2005. You know, f- yeah, film and TV projects at the highest level. So, you know, you have a current full-time TV career right now. But if you could choose, if you could do TV full-time like you're doing now, or you could do acting and you had a full-time gig in which you were working every day, which would you choose? Uh, You know, that's a hard question. I love both of them. I think the thing about acting is it can go anytime. However, news, it can as well. But I'm just saying, if you're involved in a project, I hear it all the time in interviews on E! You know, actors are like, well... That show was great. We did 12 seasons of it, but what's next? Same thing with the newsroom, though. I think in general, TV's a hard business. You have to have a thick skin and you have to be ready to be your best all the time. Stakes do happen, but you know what? You just go with the flow of the of the job and where the journey takes you because it can change. You well, hope me, it doesn't, but it no, can change. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course <laughs> not. So let me ask you this, because I think everybody that gets into television, you know, if you work your way up through the smaller markets and then get to the bigger ones... Um, It's kind of that earn your keep mentality. But, you know, one of the great things about being in a smaller market is that, you know, you get to mess up in front of a lot uh, smaller audience than you would in, uh, let's say, New York. Is Has right. there been a, <laughs> a mess up that you've had, you know, in your early career where you were like, I can't believe that happened, but it was just one of those things. It's one of those hard knocks that you have to go through as an on-air personality. What was yours? Oh, absolutely. It was super embarrassing. And I think about it all the time. So I was in the middle of Times Square. I was shooting for a local sports show and I had this big script. I was pretty new to hosting and broadcasting. And I just could not, I was so distracted in Times Square. I was nervous and I just like could not pay attention. I couldn't focus. I completely forgot what I was supposed to say. It just was bad. It was, I was in my head. I got in my own way and I was like, at least get it together, focus, you know, do what you can. (laughs) But it was, it was very distracting. Um, and I think if you're not used to that situation, it just takes situations like that to get through to tell yourself, you know what, I can do this. It's okay. I've got this. But until you're doing it consistently, it's hard to put those nerves aside and just do it. However, I mean, I guess for me, it was hard. Um, I'm very critical and very tough on myself. And that's one of the things I think that the Islanders has helped me with is like, you're live all the time and you just have to do it. I've literally had shots where my camera guy and I, Mark and I will just look at each other and go, wow, that didn't make any sense. And then you just move on. (laughs) At that point in my career, I wasn't ready to just move on. You know, I would go, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And then I just get so messed up in my head. But I think you have to have that and you have to go through it. That's a part of being green. Well, and it's great that you say that because I I had the, I think probably the same type of experience with, you know, that uh, end game hosting when you are in yeah. front of that live audience. So, you know, it's one thing to be in front of a camera and you know that maybe, right. you know, a million people are watching, but you're looking at a camera. Right. When you are live, one camera. <laughs> if you mess up and somebody's laughing at you or if they're, you know, saying something to somebody or they're, you know, trying to 
you know, distract you. I mean, that's real. You can't get away from right. that. And, and being in that environment every day and experiencing that, it made a huge difference in my ability to get on camera and, and just the confidence that I'm able to deliver with. So it sounds like um, that very thing helped you overcome what you went through in Times Square. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think about that often. And I don't even know if I talked to my agent about it at the time, but um, I think the client like didn't respond to him. And I, he was like, what happened? I was like, everything was fine. It was fine. And, you know, it is what it is. But luckily, like I said, it was just one day. It was a good learning experience. But I had to get through things like that to know and prove to myself that I could do it. Even with pageants, you know, I had to prove to myself I could do it. You know, once, I, like I said, I was first runner up. And then the next year I said, you know what? I got this. I know what to expect. I can do this. So was onstage question hard for you in 2009? You know, I don't really remember the onstage question at the time. I know my interview prep was insane. I was living with a coach. I was like doing panels almost every day. I, like I said, I really dedicated my life to making sure I did everything I could. I had one chance um, and I wanted to be the best I could. So I think when I won Miss New York, I think there was, I made a big joke because I think actually I do remember this. The question was, what can women learn from men? And I had no answer. <laughs> I sat back, slapped my leg and looked like completely flabbergasted. Like I had no clue what to say. And then I made some joke, answered the question and that was that. But I remember running backstage and going, oh, my God, I just lost. And then everybody in the audience later said that was the moment they went, oh, my God, she just won. I love it. <laughs> well, hey, the last thing I want to talk about, um, and I know yeah. this, is, this is very special to your heart. You are the official spokesperson for the United War Veterans Council in New York City. I understand mm -hmm. that you've worked alongside some congressmen uh, to help improve the quality of life for service members and their families. Um, and and yeah. as we mentioned at the top, you know, it's a big deal to you because of your grandfather. You said he was a, a World War II veteran. Can you kind of, I, I know you had mentioned him a little bit earlier. Can you kind of just tell us about his story and, you know, why it's, you know, such a big deal for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my grandfather was born and raised in Slovakia. So he was actually a Slovak army vet. He escaped communism with my grandmother and my mom and my aunt. And they came here and he just dedicated his life to supporting the American war veterans community. And um, he was very big on that, especially as he got older, he wanted to really be involved. And, you know, he was a foreign war veteran. So it was hard for him to get obviously benefits here because he didn't fight for uh, the country. However, he allied with them. So he was very big into supporting them and volunteering and just making sure that they were a big part of his life. So I was always at events with him where he would speak. And then I got involved with the United War Veterans Council and he would go to events with me. And then when I was Miss New York, I brought him to appearances all the time. And it was just our thing. We loved it. Um, my other grandfather, he served in uh, Korea as well. So it was it was uh, just a, close to my heart. And the New York City veterans community had become like a family to me. I mean, I remember even they were out at in Vegas at Miss America and I was so upset after the competition and I just, they were there for me. They came to my hotel to make sure I was okay. Like it, you know, it was a, uh, their family and they've been there for me and I, I'm the least I can do is be there for them. I love them dear to my heart. They were actually at the game on Tuesday night. So a bunch of them were there. And uh, I just love that they support me. I support them. And it's it's an amazing community, especially here in New York. So what is it that I guess you ultimately would hope to accomplish for, for veterans and their families? Well, I hope that they continue to just get the services that they need. I mean, 
there are a lot of holes still in the system. I mean, there are a lot of different organizations that try to do everything that they possibly can. And I think it's just increasing awareness. I mean, I know it's a hot button issue, the veterans community and all of that, but there really are things that they deserve and that they need and that they don't get um, and that are 150% entitled to. So I think that's the biggest goal. Uh, A lot of the organizations like IAVA that I work with here in the city, they really dedicate their service to making sure that vets are getting what they need as far as housing and benefits and GI Bill and and making sure that those things don't slip through the cracks. Well, I love to see that you're using, you know, your your personality and your platform to to help out a a cause in addition to just kind of, you know, obviously benefiting your career. So good for you. Thank you. Thank you. And I have to say, you know, I, sh- I should bring it full circle. The veterans community basically gave me my broadcasting career. I was, you know, as we've talked about, I was an actor. I did commercials. They were producing the United War Veterans, uh, the United War Veterans Council. They were producing the Fifth Avenue Veterans Day Parade. The first year they were going live on TV, they knew that I was on camera and they said, hey, Elise, you're going to go live on Fifth Avenue with Chuck Scarborough, okay? And I was like, uh, <laughs> okay. So I had never had a director in my ear. I had never been in any situation like that ever before. So I just memorized all my scripts because that's what I knew how to do as an actress. And I had an IFB in and all of a sudden I'm in the middle of my monologue, closing out the parade. And I hear the director say, okay, wrap it up. And if you watch the tape, you can actually see me look up to the right because I'm listening to the director. And then I come back to camera and go, happy veterans day. And just like cut <laughs> myself off. So nice. I, I do say, yeah. I do say that the veterans community gave me my broadcasting career and um, one of the vets that he was very instrumental in that was Pat Gualteri and he was a Vietnam vet. He passed uh, recently and he was like a dad to me and um, I was just very grateful for the opportunity that he gave me because it did change my career path. Well, I love to see the full circle path that came from the veterans. So that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now it's time for uh, something new. I've started in 2019. I call it the life after the crown, get to know you speed round. It's all fun questions Uh, just kind of designed to have a little fun with you and just also get to know you a little bit. So you ready? Okay, let's do it. All right. We got 10 questions. Here we go. Number one, what type of milk do you put in your cereal? (laughs) 2%. (laughs) You know, you knew that well. Yeah, because I just threw away a a bad batch that was in my refrigerator. (laughs) Shows you how much I'm never home. Well, at least sour wasn't the answer, so that's good. All right. Exactly. exactly. Number two, who would you rather be besties with, Beyonce or Taylor Swift? Ooh, Beyonce, because she's fierce. (laughs) She's just fierce. All right, number three, favorite place to visit and why? The Amalfi Coast. Um, I went there with my family and it's just absolutely breathtaking. And sometimes I'm like, why do I live surrounded by cement when I can live at the Amalfi Coast? So where is the Amalfi Coast? Uh, in, in Italy. Italy. Okay. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. Number four. Did you ever believe in Santa Claus? Absolutely. And sometimes I still think I believe in Santa Claus <laughs> because I love Christmas so much. Number five. Uh, you have one. So are dogs people to you? I love dogs so much. Um, I even got my last dog tattooed on me. So, (laughs) well, I'd I'd say that's a pretty confirming answer then. Okay. And what is your palm? You have (laughs) a palmski. What's his name? His name is Batman. (laughs) Perfect. Good. Good. Uh, He's the watcher of Gotham City. Uh, (laughs) Number six. (laughs) Have you ever been to Africa? And if so, where? 
Ooh, I haven't. I have not, but that would be a pretty incredible trip. Okay. Seven. Would you eat a day-old taquito from 7-Eleven? I think I would say no. If Let's say you were on a live shot and you had no access to food and that's all you had. Would you eat it? Absolutely, because I, I actually have been in those situations before. So, yes, in that case, I would. Yeah, there is nothing worse than being on a live shot when you have no food and you have nowhere to go. I, I totally agree with Completely. that. Completely. All right, Completely. number eight. I usually have snacks, too. <laughs> so, good. Number eight, what's the most number of hours you've watched TV in a single day? Ooh. Let's see. I'm a binge watcher for sure. So when I get the downtime, I would say I just finished The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season two. I plowed through that pretty quickly. Probably like six hours, five or six hours. Oh, that's not too bad. Okay, six hours. We'll not take terrible. It. Yeah. Number nine, favorite ice cream flavor. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'd say Oreo. Oh, that's good. That's good. I love Oreo. I'm all for that. Do you, do you have <laughs> yeah. uh, Do you have Cold Stone Creamery up there in New York? We do. We do. My favorite is the Birthday Cake Remix. Oh yeah, that one's really good too. Yeah, yeah. All right, last one, number ten. You ready for this? If I you am. Were, I'm getting nervous. If you were given an all-expenses-paid trip to Cleveland, Ohio, <laughs> would you take it? I would not because I went to <laughs> Rice State University and as much as Ohio is great for some people, I just did not love being in Ohio in the winter. So maybe if it was in the summer, I would take it. So maybe. <laughs> okay. Summer <laughs> Cleveland trip. All right. Well, you guess what? You're yeah. off the hot seat. Great job. Thanks for answering. That was, that was fun. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Well, hey, thanks for taking the time today. I'm excited to watch your career unfold because you're doing a lot of great stuff up there in New York, and obviously you're young and you've got a lot ahead of you. So good luck to you, and uh, if there's anything I can ever do, you know how to get a hold of me, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode and to Elise Zwick for her time. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Do so on Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, Google Play, YouTube, or just go to lifeafterthecrown.com. And for weekly podcast updates, follow me on Instagram at Tim Tialdo. Until next time, remember the words of Proverbs 17.17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Talk to you next week, everybody.